Hello, and welcome to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. Here at the Freedom Challenge, we strive to do good by helping enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. We hope you enjoy your time being informed and encouraged with host Tracy Doherty and our amazing guests. So let's get ready and join Tracy for this week's episode. Hey, Freedom Sisters and listeners. Thank you for joining me today on a bonus podcast episode. And I'm telling you, you're in for a beautiful time. Just a little insight into why we added this bonus episode. Our guest today is none other than the Ruth Willett, the Freedom Challenge Prayer Coordinator. And Ruth and I generally will meet weekly and About a month ago in our conversation, she was sharing about the topic that we're discussing today. You know, it just struck me that we needed to let her share with all of you. And it's also become the theme of our upcoming California Regional Challenge in Mount Baldy. It's happening May 15th. It's not too late if you still want to register and you're a sister that lives in the California area. We'd love to have you. So if you're not joining that regional challenge, you still can be a part of what's happening. And in addition to this episode, Ruth will be coming back with us in a few weeks to lead the participants in prayer and worship while they're on the trails. But here's the deal. You can partner with us as well by joining in the Guided Prayer podcast. Maybe it would be your own walk or just sitting in your back yard, you could feel a sense of solidarity with all of the ladies on the Regional California Challenge. So let's dive in and get started with Ruth. And if you could just introduce yourself, Ruth, a little bit about your family, maybe some of your passions, and how you joined OM and the Freedom Challenge. Welcome, Sister Ruth. Thank you, Tracy. Um, as you said, I am Ruth Willett and I'm the prayer coordinator for the US Freedom Challenge. And I have been in missions for 20 years. Uh, I feel far too young for that, but it's true. I also have a 10-year-old son and a 15-year-old daughter. So um, dealing with the high school years is definitely interesting. Um <laughs> They are fabulous, though, and they keep me on my toes. Uh, Some things, some of my passions, you said, well, I've started doodling, drawing, doing a little bit of art. This was never really something I I thought was a part of who I am, but God has kind of been breathing on that, and I'm just trying to be obedient. So if if I get something like beauty... Um, some truth that God just keeps hitting, then I just start doodling and see what comes up. I love food. Michaela calls me a foodie. We we food crawled around Savannah um, last year, which was super fun, just enjoying the local cuisine. Uh, Really, I just love sitting with a coffee and chatting with friends and digging into subjects and topics and hearing people's stories and their hearts and I love worshiping God that's my biggest passion I think and I gotta stop you right here Ruth because I've been on the other side of your 
foodiness. I remember the first time I met you, you made a fabulous meal. And I also am reflecting about a time that you came and visited me. And I am not, I love good food, but I'm not a great cook. And I remember standing in awe when you just whipped up like this fabulous meal from whatever was left over in my refrigerator. It's an art. And just to add to your passion about doodling, everyone who's listening, Ruth is a phenomenal artist. She's calling it doodles, but she's remarkable. And I just, I don't want to just let it lie like you're a doodler when you're actually a really fantastic artist. And I appreciate that about you. you. So how did you get connected to OM and the Freedom Challenge USA? Yeah, I mean, I knew of Freedom Challenge because, you know, I've been connected with OM for 20 years and and I always kind of had a sense that God was going to ask me to be a part of praying for human trafficking because I watched a movie that just broke my heart. Um, and so in between my sort of survival modes of living, I would pray for human trafficking Um I tried to avoid it as much as possible, but it just kept coming up. And then, as you said, you came to my house for food and it was just really nice connecting with you. And I ended up taking your sweet mama's place um, on a prayer team. And I guess the rest is history. I I became the official prayer coordinator um, in 2017. Mm, You bring so much to our team. And I just constantly learn from you and look forward to our mostly weekly phone calls. And um, just as I said earlier, you know, about a month ago, we were on one of our calls and you were sharing some of these insights and meditations that you had been working through and on. And there was just this moment where fireworks went off and we knew that you needed to share and that this was part of what needed to be the theme for the California Regional Challenge Maybe you can crack a little bit of that open. How did that all come to be? Okay. Um, I think I'm quite a slow learner. I spend a lot of time wrestling and it. I have started getting into the habit of writing out all of my prophetic words or just words of encouragement that I've been given or scripture that God places in my heart that to, to find the theme that keeps coming up because I realize I so often miss it. And as I was doing this um, one month, I realized the theme of beauty had actually been coming up over and over again for almost a year. And I, and probably in my religion, for want of a better word, had been dismissing it. And as I kind of was struck by that theme and I was sharing that with you, I just kind of said, okay, God, I don't understand this. I don't understand why you're not talking to me about something important like freedom. Mm. But here I am, like, I want to hear your heart on this and I want to hear your thoughts. And as I kind of began to dig into this and just sit with God, I really got blown away by the power and necessity of understanding beauty and realizing um, it was actually more important than I could ever dream or imagine. But a strange thing about it for me was that it wasn't God just highlighting his beauty or beauty on this earth. He was highlighting my beauty. And I did really find it hard to understand. And so my response when that happens, I have a lot of don't knows 
and uncertainties. And I, I often just have to lay them before God and go, you know what, you're bigger than what I don't know. And that was kind of what this was. I was like, I'll believe you, but I don't understand why it matters. To which he responded, if you don't think you're beautiful, what does that make me? You've been made to image me. And as I pondered this, I also began to realise this is actually an area where the enemy attacks the Mm. world so often and me specifically. Like if I look back over all the years, it probably if I was to, to put a theme on what's been attacked, it was beauty and love. And so I began just to pay more attention mm-hmm. and think a little bit more on it. And as I said, just sit with God. And, you know, we all reflect different facets of this creator God and our Abba Father because he's so great that no one thing or person could ever truly reflect him. It takes all of us, all of creation to show even just a little of his immense beauty and being. And then, you know, as you're kind of digging in and you've got the verses, you know, we become like what we behold. And what am I gazing on when I'm gazing on God? Mm -hmm. Am I gazing on the, for me, like so often I was gazing on my not enough, on my getting it wrong, on sin. And who would want us to reflect that? You know, the, the lack, the ugliness, the death, the decay, the mess. But what if this world actually got reflected beauty, goodness, impassioned love and joy that we read about our God over and over? Like even in the cross, it was because of the joy and the beauty of knowing that we would be his that the cross actually happened. But so often it was it was the sin that was taking my focus. Mm. Wow. I'm I'm resonating with this point, Ruth, that you shared about becoming what you behold. And you you mentioned this idea about not enoughness. And I mean, I've shared this with you through the years, but I, I would say my lifelong even just struggle is two things. Not enough. I don't have enough to do what I'm being asked to do or yeah. rescue who I need to rescue or, you know, accomplish what I feel I need to do in that given day. Yeah. But not only not enoughness, but like too much, like my needs are too much. So it's this not enough, but too much. And when you're talking about just like you become what you behold, when I'm just gazing at myself and my own perception of lack of beauty, not enough, too much, which is all ugly, um, that's what I'm becoming. So this idea is just so beautiful and fascinating to me to, as you so eloquently say, so often, which I love, we could be reminded every day. And matter of fact, to encourage you, I think about it most days. What am I gazing upon? And can I just glance at what I believe to be not enoughness or too muchness? And I'm just, I just so resonate with your words and the journey that you've been on and, and how you've really wrestled with God about this idea of his beauty and his holiness and what he's calling you into and really what I believe he's calling the Freedom Sisters into. So I'm just curious, you know, as we, um, you know, continue on in this discussion, um, just why why do you think the enemy puts so much focus on, again, like focus on God, but focus on distorting this particular aspect of life called beauty? 
Yeah, it really truly is fascinating, isn't it? I mean, you just saying not enough and too much. That's exactly me as well. And I think it is potentially a lot of our listeners because the enemy's purpose is to kill, steal and destroy. And so it's fair to assume that we've all experienced some sort of loss and darkness and not enoughness in our lives. And, you know, God over and over keeps saying to me, what are you going to gaze on? Glance at the rest, even my calling for you, glance at it, but gaze on me. And I think it's because one of darkness's greatest deceptions is that it tells us it requires all of our gaze. Or if any of you listened to the podcast with Chelsea Van Essen of Logos Wilderness Therapy, mm. which you should, I think it will be in the, the the show notes. There's also a Facebook Live prayer with her that was February 23rd or something. Um, it's just fascinating. And, and she works with survivors and knows all about glancing on darkness. And she says it lies to us that it needs all of our attention. And it's mm. because it's so pressing or so important that it sucks it all of our attention in that direction or it's so enveloping that it's so hard to know where to look and so if the enemy can't turn you away from God then he'll distort it he'll use religion he'll tell us that beauty is superficial I mean that's where I was coming from God talked to me about something important he'll tell us that joy is naive or offensive that and basically what that does is it sticks us in survival mode it makes life about survival as opposed to what God talks about which is abundant life or in Romans we're told because of Jesus we actually get to reign in life so as I was asking God okay why are you speaking to me so much about this why is it this is to me why I think because it shows us how to live and it defeats the lie of darkness I mean one of the most amazing authors I think is C.S. Lewis and, and in the four loves he states friendship is unnecessary like philosophy, like art, it has no survival value. Rather, it's one of those things which gives value to survival. And I believe that's what beauty does. It challenges that lie of the enemy that just get by, like heaven will be good, just get by on this earth. And then we've got nothing left to give. And I think that's one of the reasons why the enemy attacks it so much and twists it. Because I mean, I know looking at my life, It's possible to believe in the holiness of God, but to twist his character. It's possible to read his words, but hear a tone that he's never speaking in. But I don't actually think it's possible to gaze on his beauty and to twist him. And I think that's why we have to hold it hand in hand, the holiness and the beauty together, so that we get the power of the word, the truth of the word, but the enemy has no place where he gets to deceive us or twist it. I got to stop you right there, girl. This statement that holiness, can, can you repeat that again? Just this whole idea of we can gaze on holiness, but twist his character to be a tone that it was never intended. Mm. I mean, is that how you said that? Because I, I, I just feel like we got to, you got to say that again. And like, let's just say law and pause on that point is that how you said that something like that to be honest I'm never usually able to say again word for word what I say well listen I'll try to do it for you that we can gaze on his holiness but twist his character yeah and the tone was never what it was intended yeah intended and this idea of his beauty I'm thinking as I'm just taking in what you're saying I can go to a scarcity mindset so quickly 
instead of this abundant mindset that you're talking about. I can, I can begin to, because here's the deal. If I'm gazing, again, if I'm gazing on my not enoughness or too muchness, there is scarcity in that because the truth is in me, I'm not enough. But when I'm gazing, gazing on his beauty and holiness, there's no scarcity. There's only abundance for all that would be coming my way. It's, you can see why the enemy works so hard to get us gazing on the other. Yeah. Wow. It's big. Yeah. I know the more I've been digging into this, I'm like, wow, God, no wonder you're not stopping talking about this. You know, like when we, there's so many amazing passages of scripture that I actually avoid because I was, Mm. I felt like there was judgment in it when actually, when I began to understand God's heart for me, his love for me, his beauty for me, I was like, oh, that's an invitation. That's not judgment. Mm. Um, I mean, he corrects us. Of course he does. But when I, I can miss that if I don't yeah. go to that level of, wow, you really are just for me. You, you've given everything for me. And when I seek to believe that beauty and, and that abundance and that love, um, when I seek to believe God's beauty in him, in me, and in the world around me, it becomes so much harder to believe the enemy's lies. It becomes so much easier to see the thoughts I've believed about myself that aren't actually God's thoughts. And and the enemy's hand is just kind of cut in action. And, and he doesn't get to have the places that he's had up until that point. Mm. Um, Good stuff, my friend. Yeah. Good stuff. And, and I think he can so easily twist what we feel about God because God is so good at getting dirty like there's a lady in my church Jane who who says you know God just comes and sits with us in our mess he sits with us in our pain and and it would be possible to miss that instead of seeing it for the beautiful binding up process that it actually is we could maybe miss his presence as healing and comforting and beautiful and begin to blame him for the mess and I think that beauty helps us to see God's actions for what they truly are. You know, the God of Isaiah 61. Tracy, Mm. could you read that? Isaiah 61, one to four for us. Yeah, this is a rich passage. I'd love to. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from the darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the renewed cities that have been devastated for generations. Can you explain a little bit about how you see beauty in this scripture? I mean, it's really depicting the work of Jesus, but I, re- I want to hear your take. 
Yeah, I'm kind of still processing this. So you're getting a little bit of my external process. So I hope it's not too jumbled. But when we started, you know, speaking of beauty, immediately you were like, yeah, and let's use the verse from Isaiah 52.7. What a beautiful sight on the mountains. A messenger announces good news. You're saved. There will be peace. Your God is now king. Or another version says your God reigns. And, you know, as I've been kind of sitting in the Isaiah 61 passage, I was, I've was i just been fascinated one day thinking there must be significance to this progression. And even just looking at my healing journey, it's been slow. Like I've wanted it to be a lot faster than it's been. Um, but Jesus never seems to be in that much of a hurry. And the good news of that verse, you know, good news, you're saved, there will be peace. Good news is the first thing that is highlighted in Isaiah 61. And I I almost think it's sometimes I miss that. But this is what Jesus introduced, when he was introducing his ministry, this was the passage he read. So I was like, I want to pay attention to this. And the first thing he says was, I'm anointed to bring the good news. And when I think about, you know, the ladies that are about to hike, what we do is Freedom Challenge. It's okay that we're an organisation that's formed because of bad news. Like we're here because of modern day slavery and human trafficking. You have to know that there's bad news in order to receive good news. But the understanding of his beauty allows us to believe God actually does bring good news because the enemy, I think, tries to tell us that he doesn't. He's either not good and doesn't care or he could do something about it and he doesn't. But he brings Mm. good news. He came with his presence and he showed up. He got down and dirty in the mess. And I don't want to believe the enemy's lies. Like there are so many things I don't understand. There's so many things I wish I didn't walk through. And, And I have to wrestle with, okay, God was there. What does that mean? Because if he was there, goodness was there, even if that thing wasn't good. But the enemy without discrimination he hates all of us equally he'll burn up our lives and then he'll try and say but look how bad God is Jesus on the other hand he comes he comes with his presence to make sure that we see the enemy's deceptions for what they truly are and in that place we can we begin to trust I can give you my heart that's broken to bind up I can give it to you because you are beautiful and you're here Because we do need to mourn. We do need to acknowledge our hearts have been broken here because this is rubbish. Mm. But when we can actually give that over, that's when the proclamation of liberty and freedom can actually be heard. And we're beginning to get out of the place where we're not too exhausted by the oppression of it to believe it. And it's this place where we begin to be able to receive the comfort and understand as truth that when we mourn, we can be blessed, that we can find happiness because his comfort is so outstandingly good and also sweet. But it's not quick because God's never going to skimp on the process. He doesn't move from good news to beauty from ash. He moves from good news to a binding up process. It's not a quick band-aid, but he proclaims. And I know in my life what I've seen is God speak like, It took me a year to be like, okay, let's talk about beauty properly. Like over and over, like before that it was love. And I was like, this is too much. I can't do it. And he would be like, oh, what about if I say it this way? 
or what about that way? And he would just say it over and over again. He would proclaim it over and over again until I was able to believe it and receive it and trust the beauty of who he was and the love that he has for me, to trust his character, his presence, even just a little bit, to then go, oh, I can give you the ash of my life. I can hand it over because it's an exchange. I have to see it first. I have to to mourn it, I have to live in it, and I have to go, but it's not your intent. So please take this and give me the beauty you're talking about and give me the gladness and give me the praise. I'll exchange it. I'll give it to you because I know that in your hands, I can trust whatever I give. And you're not going to slap a bandaid on it, but you're going to take time and you're going to bandage me up and you're going to bind me and you're going to do everything that needs done. And you'll not stop speaking until I begin to believe it, even if it's a faint glimmer. And in that place, I, we can become the ones who rebuild and restore the ruined places that the enemy is actually burning to ash here on earth because it's not my God that does it. And when I gaze on his beauty, I know for certain it's not my God that does it. Take me to church. Right. That was so good. Ah, I'm just, again, I gotta, I gotta just pause everyone. Let's just take that in. Gazing on his beauty, exchanging the process. I think that we just want to hurry up and get it done. But everything beautiful in the world that we can experience here on earth did not happen overnight, right? It was created because someone planned it. Someone did course corrections. Someone put their hands in it and created it. So why would we think that this process of freedom for us and beauty and transformation would look any differently? This is just some rich, rich, rich thinking. And I just wonder if you could share something practical from your own heart, like a way that this is working out in your life practically. Yeah, I think I can give an example. You know, everything that we're saying, God knows that beauty heals. Um, And I think when we look at the world, we see it. It's so vibrant, so colourful. We've got laughter, we've got song. And just an example of how the enemy so easily tricks and how patient God is. I remember listening um, to a preach and I've tried to find it to get the context because there needs to be context. But it was basically, I think, about our finances, about letting God be Lord, his lordship. And I think it was Bill Johnson and he made a statement. Um, some people might not like what the statement I'm about to make, but actually I don't believe we're entitled to our own thoughts and opinions here in the place of, you know, like in the place of God's lordship, which I think it was. And immediately I kind of reacted and paused the sermon because I was a little bit annoyed. I was like, you're telling me I'm not entitled to my thoughts and opinions. Now, as I say, there's context. God has made us with brains where he wants us to take words that were given and 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 look through scripture and line them up with the word of God. Like I'm not saying we're, you know, robots with with no thought life here, but there is a lordship of Christ who he he can take my thoughts and tell me his. And I was I was a little bit annoyed at this and I, I paused the 
thing and I was just kind of sitting there with this like annoyance welling up within me and this like indignation for want of a better word and God kind of like laughed at me and went I just felt him say oh you don't like that and I was like oh okay and he's like what about if we discuss it and I was like oh this is so not gonna go well for me but you know, God just kind of laughed. And at this point in my life, he had been highlighting some self-hatred that I didn't even know I had, you know, just a real lack of liking myself. And my thoughts, my thoughts about myself, like, you know, I'm too much, but I'm not enough. Like all this stuff, like whenever I go somewhere, I just take it too far and I'm I'm too intense for people. And just like all these things, I'm I'm never going to be what I need to be. Um, and and some you know maybe more aggressive thoughts than that and and God had been highlighting them going but here's what I think about you here's how I've made you here's how much I love you like even if it was just you Jesus would have willingly given himself because my love for you is that great and I was like whoa I, I don't know but just so much loving goodness and loving kindness so so God went okay let's take your thoughts for example, about yourself. And I was like, oh, low, 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 God. And then he's like, okay, so you know how you've been thinking about yourself. So take my thoughts about you that I've been talking to you about. And I was like, fine, you know, like this, this submission of yours are so much better. And then immediately (laughs) my head was just filled with thoughts of just the beauty of creation. Like God didn't have to make the blues in the sky, the reds of the sunsets, the the flowers that we get to see and smell, the colours that we have, music, song, laughter, dance, so much beauty in this world that actually came from God's thoughts first. Um, and the enemy, of course, gets to pervert things, but like all these things like community, friendship, a wholehearted life, that was all in God's thoughts for us. And he just kind of filled my mind with that and he went, would it be so hard to lay down your thoughts and pick up mine? And I was like, so a few things happened in that moment for me. I was really humbled, obviously. Um, humbled that I felt it was like a Job moment that God should have been like, sit down, shut up. Were you there when the mountain goat gave birth? But he didn't. He was like, you want to talk about it? And I, until that moment, did not fully realize how much of a, external processor I was that I loved that list that thinking through that going let's just chat this out like he taught me something about myself and his kindness of that he also said I've made you to be a fighter but you need to ask me what I've made you to fight because you're fighting something that actually is for your good it's fighting something that would free your life for joy and love and beauty and then I just, I don't know, I I just was so undone that God would take the time to reveal this to me when I was actually being a little bit insolent. (laughs) Um, But he's okay, like he's okay with our weakness, he's okay with our wrestling, as long as we continue just to bring it before him. And so I guess that's my practical example of that. I think Thank you for being vulnerable and and opening that space of your life up. And I and as you're talking, I just have this imagery of the the natural lenses that we humans take on. You know, there are human lenses we can think, feel, and choose based on all of that data. 
but it's this rose-colored glasses that you put on, right? Mm. Or all of a sudden you're picking them up and you're putting them on and you're going, whoa, this is a different imagery than my natural thinking. And you were able to look at things differently, interpret life differently. And that is that is just, um, I thank you for just opening that up to us and being honest, because I think we all could benefit from that intentional exchange and maybe even having the courage to kind of hash it out with God in these really meaningful conversations. Sometimes things don't seem like they add up until we put that um, perspective of God's on. So it's good. These are some deep thoughts for us going on those trails, the California regional trails happening and anyone participating. Um, I guess what I would ask you is what would you hope that the women listening to this, both participating from home or participating at Mount Baldy, what would you hope that they receive from this? I think uh, that as we dig into God's character and understand who he is, that you get to shout it from the mountains that your God reigns and he's not going to allow this ugliness to stay. He's right here and he's beautiful and that we can believe him for peace for rescue and beauty to replace the ashes of human trafficking and to know that this isn't just a walk. Your steps matter, your prayers carry weight Mm -hmm. and your God is fighting because when we worship, he fights. Yeah, these are some really good insights. And as we get ready to close and conclude, what encouragement do you have for our listeners? Yeah, um, if God's like poking on something, Even if maybe it's something you want to hide from, I say crawl on up into his lap as a daughter, as a child, and let him show you his perspective, his version of your story, because the enemy has one. And, you know, just summing up beauty, the world needs it now more than ever, right? And somehow when we know how beautiful we are, we can honour the one who made us. And when I know how beautiful my creator is it's so easy to give him everything and the lies of the enemy become a whole lot harder to believe um, about God and about me and so I feel that this is really urgent so things I often find the things that I think I don't need and if God starts speaking and I sort of laugh at it they're the things that he's going to take a long time to work through things that I feel are so ridiculous like he told me you don't know my love and I was like I've been a Christian my whole life of course I know your love turned out not so much so pay attention to the nudgings of God because there's something so urgent about knowing his perspective knowing what we were made for knowing that he's good that his character is beautiful because it stops the enemy's hand in action he he can't deceive us he doesn't get to win when we know how God sees things and how good he is Well put, Ruth. You are a treasure. You're a treasure to me, to the Freedom Challenge Sisterhood, your wisdom, your insight, the way that you continue to provoke us to gaze on God and to put all of this in the hands of a big God who is above every name. And as you've said many times before, even over the name of modern day slavery. Mm. 
He is that good. I'm thankful for you. Thank you for joining us, Ruth. And I'm looking forward to the guided prayer and worship episode in just two weeks. Please plug in with us. You can think about us on May 15th as the women are out there on Mount Baldy. And again, I encourage you and invite you to go out on the trails yourself, whether that's around your home or maybe your backyard. Maybe you're going to do laps in your backyard, whatever that looks like, and join us in prayer. God bless you, Ruth. And ladies, until next time, let's do good by helping enslaved women and children. Let's do more than you ever thought physically possible and do it together by connecting with women who have a heart for a hurting world. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. If you liked what you heard, join the fight to set women and children on a pathway to freedom across the globe. We are a proud ministry of Operation Mobilization USA and encourage you to learn more at thefreedomchallenge.com and omusa.org for how you can get involved. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram at the FCUSA, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to let us know what you think. We'll see you next time.